0: And I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you tonight, and I'm gonna try to just share really my heart with you. And I'm not going to do that in the context of a message. You know, ninety percent of the time I read a passage and we just go right into that and walk through that passage. And the Lord willing, we'll be back in the Book of Acts in the Sunday morning. And I've been excited about preaching, uh, but I'm just going to share with you kind of um, where I'm at in my mind and what I'm thinking, and, and then try to get, try to help you. Um, one of the things that I have thought this morning, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the background, and, you know, kind of what I'm doing, is it's one thing to live through this, but it's another thing to try to help other people. And uh, so my my prayer tonight as the pastor of this church that I can try to help you or pastor you through this. And so as I said to you tonight, my... My uh, sermon title, if you want it, is some pastoral advice in dealing with decisions and difficulty. How do you deal with difficulty? Now... Most of y'all know I'm a pretty candid guy. Those that have been around here a long, long time, you know, uh, 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 when I'm pretty excited, I'm pretty excited. When I'm, when I'm pretty emotional, I'm pretty emotional and, and I have not been, I've try not to be, there's hypocrisy in all of us, but I try not to be a hypocrite and and a play actor. And so as I think about this day and all that we've gone through and we were rejoicing last Sunday was one year we've been in this new building. And uh, we were talking today, uh, we baptized, I think, 13 Sunday morning, and we were talking about, we looked back at some pictures, and Ethan was baptized, and, and I said, there's another group, and then I, I was looking through some stuff today, and I said, uh, we baptized some then. And so, you know, thinking about all that has happened, we were just rejoicing, and, and really excited about it. And then Sunday night, you know, we, we had a great time with the young people, and we're thinking about all that God is doing, and then all of a sudden, you start hearing about people dealing with sicknesses. And you start thinking, oh, what are we going to do, Lord? <laughs> uh, what? How do I deal with this? How do I answer this? And many of y'all know for the last few days, Alex and Brittany have been sick. And, and they text us, went to the doctor this morning, hospital, to try to get a little um, fluid and, and try to get rid of some of the nausea. Uh, and they had a difficult time there. I want you to pray for them, pray for wisdom there. And then about 7.45, Debbie texted me and said, hey, Keith fell and, at the hospital you know we are taken him to the hospital and and now they're keeping him with his heart situation not sure and then and then uh, a few minutes later Stephanie said that uh, uh, Jackie called and they took Perry to the VA about four, four o'clock this morning and so you know from about two weeks ago we're on this mountain time to eight o'clock this morning we got four people in the hospital or at the hospital dealing with COVID. Now to be honest with you I got thousands, or let me rephrase it. I got hundreds of books. And I walk in my office, and ain't one of them tells me what to do today. And what do you, how do you, what do you, decisions you make? And how do you help people? And what do you say? And what don't you say? And so, you know, all throughout the day, Brother Greg, my wife, and Stephen, we, different ones, and I talk to different ones on the phone. So you're, you're processing. And so I, I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter number three. And we're going to turn three or four passages and then I'm going to give you a practical application of how we're going to try with God's grace to wade through what we're dealing with. Uh, I said, Brother Ethan uh, McKinney was here with us. He came and he spent some time Monday night and Tuesday and his situation personally, some things, good things, but he's like, what about this? What about this? And I said to him this, I said, you know, Ethan, all you need to worry about is doing the next thing. And that sounds real good, at giving that advice to him. It's another thing when it's turned back on you. And so Proverbs chapter number three, I've shared this passage with you before. It's a familiar passage, but it's one of those bedrock things. So when, the, when, when foundations begin to shake, for me, I go back to some bedrock truths. One of those is Proverbs three, verse five and six. The Bible says this, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. <clears throat> Lean not into thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Look in verse number seven. Be not wise in thine own eyes. for, the, for Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And I read this passage the other day on the, on the third. And, and I underlined some things. And I, and I was thinking about honoring the Lord with thy substance. And the first fruits of all that increase. And, and I read that passage again, but not knowing then that really God was bringing me back to this thought. And I, if you haven't marked in your Bible, I want you to mark those three expressions. The first one is trust. Trust is the idea that we are trusting in someone outside of ourselves. A famous author said it, and I don't know who said it, and, and I don't remember where I read it. But they said this statement, they made this statement that if your God is not bigger than you, then you are your own God. And so one of the things in life that you have to deal with over and over again is this subject of trust and the subject of, do I trust in myself? Do I trust in my own ideas? Do I trust in what I know? Or do I learn to completely trust in him? Trust in the Lord, notice this, with all thine heart. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. How many times you face difficulty, you face decisions, and you say, Lord, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really trusting you, I need your help. But you know, if that don't work out real good, what in the world are we gonna do next? Well, can I say this to you? I'm not really trusting the Lord with all my heart. Because uh, you say, well, what if you face this and what if you face that? I-, I don't know, then I have to learn to trust the Lord again. The Bible says, look, trust. And then it says this, lean not now this is probably the hardest one the hardest one is not leaning on the crutch of your knowledge and your intellect i've written in my bible this expression this makes sense to me or this is the way i see it and i'm sorry but that is a humanistic philosophy and every, every good old, I was talking to Brother Bell yesterday and he was talking about how Maine people and how they are and canning things. And I said, you know, that's mountain people. That's mountain folks, same way. We, we, we think we know, we can figure it out. You give a country boy in our parts, you, you give him some bell and twine, he can fix about everything. Give him a can of WD-40 WD and he's really in, can fix everything. And you say, what I mean is we lean, look, we lean to our understanding. So what I'm saying to you, and this is what is hard in life. Look, I'm on the threshold of a whole world that I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know the next call. I I don't know the next person that's going to get sick. I don't know the next death. But can I say this to you? I never did. We just thought We did. (laughs) I don't know the next time someone's going to get cancer. I I don't know the next time someone's going to lose their job. I don't know the next time someone's going to lose a child. I don't know the next time someone's going to lose a spouse. And what if we're not careful is we rely on our human wisdom. I'm glad for experience. I'm glad for opportunity. But the truth is that can be a crutch where we're limiting what God can do in our life. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own under." Standing. Now, boy, that's a tough one. And Then the Bible says this, in all thy ways, and this is the little word, acknowledge. Acknowledge him. That means recognize him in every area of life. See, too many Christians have this thought that they've got God compartmentalized. We ask for God's help at church, but we'll figure the home out ourselves. We ask for God's help at church and Sunday school and Bible school, but this whole thing about school and education, we'll take care of ourselves. We ask for God uh, whenever someone's sick, but this situation over here about a career and money, we'll take care of ourselves. That's not the Christian life because the Bible says this, in all thy ways acknowledge him and then he shall direct thy paths. You say, well, you've been praying today. I'm like, God, help me. I don't know what to do. Help me, I don't know how to help these families. Help me, I can't go to them. I can't do ministry like we've always done ministry. Oh, we've learned some things for the last year, and I'm thankful from that. But now everybody, look, everybody out there saying, we're facing a whole new frontier. Yes, we are. I love what... If Dr. Frank Sales, the Bible teacher, I heard him say it this way. He said, you can't go anywhere that God hasn't always been there. Yeah. And we're about to face who knows what. That we Look, in two weeks, we may be completely finished with this and go back to everything like everything. We want. In two weeks, we don't know what we're gonna face. But the Bible says this, that he will direct thy paths. But can I say this? You can't get a God-directed life without leaning not on your understanding, without acknowledging him in every area of your life and without trusting completely with all your heart. And so what I'm gonna give you is advice is that that you begin with this concept of really trusting him. Say, well, God, if you'll help me do this and I'll do this part. No, God, you gotta do all parts. Lord, I, I think, no, 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 okay. And then he says, acknowledge him. Now notice verse number seven. We normally don't, we normally don't connect to this verse. You know, when we give those college graduates and high school graduates this card with the verse in it, we just put three, five, and six. But notice verse number seven. Be not wise in thine own eyes. And here's one of the hardest things. Acting like we know. Somebody said, well, preacher, you know, you've had a great time with this and everything's going well. Man, today, what did you want to do? I told him what I wanted to do. I said, I'm going to go home, take a nap and wake up in a month. Y'all let me know how it goes. And you said, well, that's real spiritual, but that's how you feel because you realize, look, you realize you got no answers. That there's going to be a problem no matter what you do. The Bible says this, that we're to not be wise in our own eyes. Now turn over with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I'm going to string three or four passages together and then I'm going to give you a practical admonition. So we first learn when we don't know what to do, we've got to learn to trust, we've got to learn to lean on, and we've got to learn to acknowledge. I don't know a person here that doesn't want a God-guided life. I, I want a God-guided life. I mean, I want God to guide it and I wish I I could say to you, if God guides your life, you won't have any trouble, but we know that's not true. Ask Job. (laughs) The Lord said, has thou considered my servant Job? I wish I could say to you, if you serve the Lord, you'll never have a problem. But God brings us over and over and over again to the end of ourselves where all we can do is simply trust him. Then notice this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Now, this passage of Scripture has probably helped me in the last year as much as any passage of Scripture. Notice it says in verse number 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you found your place there? In verse 3, the Bible says this, "For For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we're walking in flesh and blood. But it reminds us that we are dealing, look at me, with a spiritual battle. He says this, for the weapons, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, mighty through God to the pulling down of the stronghold. I don't have time to get into all of this. And as a matter of fact, Lord willing, tomorrow we'll put back up. I preached this uh, passage on, uh, in December of last year on captivating your thoughts. And I've got the notes here about the, uh, bringing everything to the obedience of Christ, to the stronghold of fear, the, the stronghold of fatality, and the stronghold of faithlessness. And one of the hard things that you deal with in this situation is, as a preacher, I make a decision. Well, what if that decision turns out in, in someone's sickness or someone's death? So how do I deal with that? What if, uh, what if this happens and that happens? Then I remind myself that is a fault above God. Notice the next verse. He says in verse number five, casting down imaginations. And listen, every high thing that exalteth itself, notice this, against God. And then he says this, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm gonna give you the great challenge that you deal with the difficulty and that is this, that you've got to bring every thought under the obedience of Christ. You say, what do you mean preacher? I've written in my Bible, what do you know to be true about God? Can I say this to you without trying to be too theological? The cause and effects of life are in God's hands. I can't cause you to do something if you think about life and I, I think about this and I, I, I understand we, we're responsible for our personal choices. I get that. We sow to the rent. We reap a whirlwind. I get all that. But as I said to you the other day when we're preaching through the book of Acts, tell me why Peter got out of jail and why was John, I'm sorry, why was James killed? Was it James or John? I've got all confused now in my notes. James, thank you. I knew that. Tell me why. Same story. I can't explain that. Now, I said this to you several times in that message I'm not God. Now, well, what if I, what if I, I and you're dealing with difficulties, you're dealing with struggles. I'm going to give you a personal uh, accolade to this story in just a minute. But what you've got to understand, is God capable? Is God faithful? Is God true? Is he the one that health depends upon him? Is he the one that breathed into man the, the breath of life and man became a living soul? Are we fearfully and wonderfully made? Is he that have the days of our, the hairs of our head numbered? Does he have our tears in a bottle? Does he have our days numbered? Does he know those things? If we're not careful, Our thoughts exalt ourself above God He said, well I do this and I do that Now you can't control your own destiny I'm sorry you can read that in the self-help books And you can read that on posters But all I can do is submit myself To an all-wise God I wrote a couple things down there I want you to remember about this passage And that is this Satan uses everything to war against your mind Satan uses everything to war against your mind. I mean, because he knows, he he knows. You say, well, this is real, that's real. Fears are real, there's no doubt, fears are real. The struggles are real, difficulties are real, trials are real. No one is mocking that and no one is making fun of that. But what I'm saying to you is, do not let Satan use that as a tool that exalts that thought above what you know to be true. The bedrock of who God is. Did Jesus say, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? Did he say it? Did he say all power's given me? Did he say he knows every child that he scourges us, that he, he purges us? Does he say that he's the true one, he's the just one? Does he say he's the judge of what shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And what we know when we get in these difficulties and we're not sure what to do, we've got to go back to what we know to be true about God. And Satan will plant these thoughts of doubt and and plant these these thoughts of fear. And and if we're not careful, look, our mind and our frailty and our flesh will exalt itself above who God is is so how do you know that because man i've lived it because man it's it's a battle i live it today can i tell you another little secret you're gonna live it tomorrow too the question is are we gonna bring every thought into obedience and notice he said every thought please don't miss it every thought circle it every thought you say spiritual thoughts no every thought carnal thoughts yes Spiritual decisions, no. Every thought has to be brought into the captivity and to the obedience of who we know God is. And then we uh, don't take the time, but if you want to write down the reference, Romans chapter number (laughs) 7. That's uh, Paul struggling. He said, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. And then he says this. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. (laughs) He said, and and he said, in this battle, there's always this struggle. Look, he said, warring against my mind. Then finally, when he says that, oh, wretched man that I am, he says this. He says, with my mind, I serve God. And I'm going to challenge you with something. The reality of the situation we're living in, I am not belittling. I am not telling you that COVID doesn't exist. I am not telling you that people aren't sick because we have friends and loved ones at this very moment that are dealing with it. But what I am telling you, if you're not careful, you'll allow Satan to take that and battle against your mind. And he'll war against your mind. And he'll war against your mind. And then he'll start having you think thoughts that are above what you know to be true about God. Isaiah chapter 55, we quote this verse often. His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts, listen, his thoughts are past finding out. So when you struggle, and I, I can't explain this to me, I, I don't understand this. Now, I'm being very open with you, and we're going to talk about COVID. I'm not, Lord willing, not going to talk about it every time you show up, but it's a reality in our world today. You can't explain to me how I got so sick, and nobody else in my house is sick. And then they get it later. I can't. I'm not God. I I can't explain that to you. I told you in my own, one of my biggest struggles is when I started getting a little better and, and, and the girls wanted to go do something, I didn't want them to leave my house. I didn't want them to hardly leave my side because I thought, man, if I let them go somewhere and then they get sick and, and then it's going to be on me. And then I had to go back and realize that's a thought that exalts itself above who God is. Because God is the sustainer of life. God is the, the, the safety of life. What I was doing, look, I was saying I was God and I could control my kids' life and my kids' health and my kids' wealth. No, 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 no. I had to bring that into obedience. I had to put that under the captivity of who Christ is. So I'm going to challenge you as we think about this life, and then I'm going to give you some practical admonitions. How do we make decisions? How do we make decisions? How do we deal with difficulty? Trust, lean not, acknowledge. But then let me say this to you. Run every one of them through the filter of who you know Christ is, what you know to be true about him. Devil play tricks on you. The devil will battle in your mind. We don't talk about it much and I've shared some things the last few weeks about just the struggles. And you think about it. And if you're not careful, you'll lose that battle in your mind. You'll lose the battle in your mind. Let me say this to you in wrapping up this little part of it. And that is this. Be careful what you think. And then I'm going to follow it up with this statement. Be careful what you say. Because if you're not careful as a child of God, you'll speak blasphemies against our Lord. Because you'll say things that aren't true about who God is you'll say, if I do that, then that'll happen. That sounds like the one that said, I'm going to go to the city and buy and sell a year year, and then go. And he says, you don't even know what you're talking about. It's over for you. One said, I'm going to build bigger barns. He says, no. Tonight, thy soul shall be required of me. And what I'm saying to you as a child of God and as the pastor of this church and as people that I know and love, you better be careful what you think and you better be careful what you say that is an indictment against our Lord. So I get, how do I make sure I don't say the wrong thing? Keep your heart right and your mind right. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth, speaketh. Every now and then we say something, say, where'd that come from? I hate to tell you, it came from inside. You said, I said something hateful, I said something I shouldn't have. I said something mean, I said something, well, the thing that I don't like about it is I know where it came from came from in here now i'm gonna give you some practical things and i know this is really geared toward our church and and i'm going to just share some things with you for the next 10 minutes or so i've talked to you about making personal decisions in difficulty now i'm gonna talk to you about making decisions as this church goes every decision i make has repercussions if i say we're having church then they, some people are going to come no matter what. And if I say we're, we're not, then some people are going to be mad and they ain't here tonight anyway. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? So I'm going to tell you my guiding principles and I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. One thing is this, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep these doors open. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that says we have to have kids crusade tonight. But the Bible does talk about assembling ourselves together and so much more as you see the day approaching. The Bible does talk about praising God and praying and the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Those things are there. The Bible does talk about, look, the Bible does talk about the assembly of the believers. I'm not talking about being flippant. I'm not talking about being rude. And I'm not talking about being throw caution to the wind. But I am going to do everything in my power to keep these doors open. And so I don't know what we're facing. I give you two guiding principles and it's the same two guiding principles that I gave you, oh, a year and a half ago. Number one is this, be considerate of others. Bible says in Philippians chapter number two, that we should esteem others better than ourselves. You say, what do you mean by that preacher? It means real simple. Not everybody has the same opportunity and not everybody has the same ability. That means that there are some people who have different circumstances, There are some people that have different health needs. There there are some people that have different situations than you have. And as the child of God, I am to be considerate and I'm to esteem others better than myself. You say, how do you do that? Well, one way you do that is you don't judge another man. Now, I get frustrated. There's people I whatever, but at the end of the day, you don't answer to me. And I really don't even answer to you. We all answer to the Lord for what we've done. And I heard Pastor Sexton say hundreds of times, no two people have the same opportunity and no two people have the same ability. And so we answer, and he would follow it up with this statement, we answer to God for our opportunity and for our ability. Forget COVID for a minute, forget COVID for just a minute. We all know people that would give every fiber of their being just to come walk in here and sit down. I can think of them. I can think of Miss Sandra Stout that would give about anything, just walk in here and sit down and have a, enjoy a church service again. And we can name them. So I want to say this to you, be considerate. And then I'm going to give you a second one and that is this. And this is my challenge to you. And I know I've got people watching and people listening, but I'm going to say this to you, be consistent. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58 says this, that we're to be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord. So what I am to do is to be considerate, yes, giving honor to whom honors due, considering the weaker brethren, all those type of things. But then the Bible says this, that we're to be consistent. Galatians chapter number six says this, be not weary in well-doing. This is a wearisome time. This is a wearisome disease. We think we're done with it, and then we have another little uptick, and we think we're done with it, and I'm probably going to be a very pessimistic statement here, and that is this. We'll probably be dealing with this till we go through the door of death until Jesus comes back. You say, how do you know that? They, ain't clear, they, ain't, they have not cured the flu. They have not cured pneumonia, and they haven't cured cancer. So for you to think they're going to cure this... Yeah, I'm sorry, you're living in green acres. It's just something you're going to deal with. So I'm going to say this to you be consistent. I'm going to say some very pointed things that I want you to understand this. If you're going to take your kids to school and you're going to go to work, then I think you need to be at church. You say, why do you say that, preacher? I say that, preacher, because I, got, I, I let the teenagers are back here tonight. The uh, county's uh, in school. The city starts tomorrow, next week, sometime. When does the city start? Tomorrow, I think of Tommy. I'm going to be very personal for just a minute. T got football scrimmage tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. 6 o'clock? You don't know. Aaron will tell you in the morning. <laughs> they had a football scrimmage Saturday. Now, I want you to stay with me, and I want to explain something to you. If I, as a preacher, pick up the phone and say, we're not having church tonight, then what I tell T inadvertently is football in school is more important than church. Am I wrong? Maddie had ball practice today. She'd go to ball practice. And if I say to her, we're not having church tonight, then she's going to say, well, why not? And I'm going to say this to you. You better be consistent. I'm not your judge. I'm going to be compassionate and considerate after between you and the Lord. But I'm telling you, you better be consistent. You go to church, you go to work, then I'm sorry, you, you, you need to continue to say this. And let me say, you go to ball games, you go out to eat. I can look at some of you and tell you go out to eat. I'm talking about me in the mirror. I'm struggling. Now, let me add just now, I'm going to be very candid with you for just a minute. Today, you get those news, 8 o'clock this morning, I'm like, what do I do? Well, I'm going to tell you, the first, my first thought is I'm canceling everything and I'm going home. Then I have to ask myself, why? What do I hope to accomplish? Say, well, that would have been the easy thing to do. That would have been the easy thing to do. But I don't think it was the right thing to do. Now, let me say this to you. We're not flippant. We may have had exposure in a Sunday school class. We called every kid in that, every family in there. Technically, by the CDC, we didn't have to do that. We could have had kids' club tonight, children's crusade. We could have done all that. We're we're going to try to make some common sense decisions as we go. But I'm going to say this to you and to everybody listening, and that is this don't get lazy. Bluntly, some churches are still just too lazy because it's hard to do the right thing in difficult times. Is it laboring? I mean, is it, is it, is it labor intensive? The answer is yes. And I'm going to say this to you. Don't misplace priorities in the midst of a pandemic. You say, what do you mean, preacher? And I'm just going to say it bluntly. Church should be the last thing you miss, not the first thing you miss. When you say, well, we're not doing church anymore, and we're doing everything else. You just told your kids, you just told your family, and you told everybody around you. It's at the bottom of my list, not the top of my list. Now that's a decision you have to make you answer to God for, but I said to you, if you let me, I'm going to try to pastor you and try to help you. Now I'm going to be real personal with you for just a minute, and we'll pray, and we'll go home. We knew I knew Alex and Brittany is sick, and we knew what they dealt with, and I had to make a decision about last Sunday. I had 13 people lined up to be baptized. could have had a couple more. We do have more families coming and man, that's exciting. What do I do? I cancel baptism. Well, if you noticed, I use a handkerchief. I, mean, I never used a handkerchief before. I used a new handkerchief, so I was never touching somebody. I mean, that's a common sense thing. So I used a brand new handkerchief on everybody. How many of you noticed that? How many of you didn't notice that? Y'all should pay attention in church sometime. <laughs> My family's coming. My dad, I knew there was a chance my dad would be here. I live with the weight of the decision. If I have this, what if my dad goes homesick? Now, these are real decisions, and I want you to understand. I don't make them flippantly. But I do try to trust, lean, acknowledge, and then realize, look, I can't exalt myself above God. What I know to be true about God, I got to get myself back down here. And then I've got to make a decision and live with the consequences <laughs> and realize this, good, bad, or indifferent, when I get to those consequences, the Lord will be there with me. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to check the priorities of your life. I'm going to ask you to give some grace to some people that might not be where you are. I'm not going to get up, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to get up on Facebook, talk about vaccines, talk about masks or not masks. We may come back to the point where we ask you to wear them, but that's going to be a decision because I'm not going to throw that on somebody else. I'm going to let them make that decision themselves. And what I'm going to challenge you with is, look, let's do everything we can to be as consistent as we can. Those kids next door, well, I guess the teens. We didn't have the kids tonight they don't know they're living in a pandemic you say what do you mean by that they never been in sixth grade before they don't know it ain't supposed to be like this they ain't never been in fourth grade before they don't know that mask no mask go to school two days four days six days they, they don't know And what i'm saying to you as a church and as a pastor we're setting the priorities for their life because they'll probably they'll probably live with it forever and what we can't do is go sit on our couch, excuse me, and get lazy and say, I hope it goes back to what it used to be. we got to do, look, like I told Ethan, McKinney said in my office, we got to do the next right thing. Does that mean there aren't difficult decisions? Oh, man, they're difficult decisions. Do you wrestle with them? Oh, I wrestle with them. I said to you, I jokingly said to them, I said, I'm going to go home in a month. You let me know how this thing turned out it got worse or it got better he said i told stephen uh, i was sort of joking i said man i'm just kind of you know you wrestle with things all day long and trying to deal with people trying to help people call people i said i just want to lay down on the floor and cry and forget about it but can i tell you the secret if i got up out of the floor it's still there right. and what we've got to do is to walk by faith and learn to continue to trust the lord so, I hope what I have shared with you tonight <laughs> helps you personally because it's a personal battle. I hope it helps you as a part of this church to understand my thought process, to understand what we think is principles of God's Word. By all means, look, if somebody's sick, stay home. I'm not, please don't misunderstand that. I mean, I'm not saying to you, you've got to come no matter what happens. You've got to make those decisions yourself. the The words that I would say to you is: make sure that you're teaching your children the right priorities. Church is not dirtier than Walmart. I'm sorry. Matter of fact, this building's cleaner. This building's still been getting sprayed with the sanitizers. Uh, the People walk off the handles every Sunday morning, after every Sunday morning service. Be consistent with your priorities. Because when trouble comes, we have an opportunity. And somebody's going to say, well, what if, what are you doing about Sunday? I don't know, it ain't Sunday yet. You say, really, preacher? Yeah, because I've learned this. I can get 10 phone calls between now and Sunday and that might change my decision. So, well, i got to know, well, I'm not God, and I can't tell you. And all I can do is make the decision about the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. My plan is right now to have everything Sunday. You say, what if you can't? Well, we'll deal with it if we can't. Do you understand the process? That's just what we deal with. And we may be dealing with it this way for a few weeks. We may be dealing with it this way for a few months. We don't know. But what we're going to do, <laughs> we're going to trust, lean, not acknowledge We're going to submit our mind to the truth and the